The Morning Sports Desk, available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and WadenaRadio.com. This is the Morning Sports Desk for Thursday, February 15th, and not technically recording in the morning because Corey was uh, out on a speaking venture earlier today. You, um, uh, Bill Burr has the uh, Monday morning podcast, uh-huh. but he has the Monday morning podcast twice a week, so he also does it on a Thursday. This is yeah. the morning sports desk in the afternoon. It's it's just the same. We are what I'm saying is, is I'm comparing apples to apples what we do to what Bill Burr does. Yeah, exactly. All we got to do is just develop some thick Massachusetts accents, and we are uh, we're in. This, you know, it's uh, listen here, buddy. You can't park your car there. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, You know, just start, uh, you know, we could talk NFL and we just have to talk about the charges. Uh, Anyway, uh, those are deep deep cut references to only people who listen to the Bill Burr podcast. (laughs) So at at some point today, Corey's going to say lady, except he's going to go lady. It's going to be great. It's a lady. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, uh, this is the morning sports desk in the afternoon. And if you say it like Troy and Abed from Community, it's the morning sports desk in the afternoon. So we got a lot of energy here. Uh, anyway, Let's go. Uh, speaking of energy, it's going to have to have that tonight at Wadena Deer Creek because it's a boy-girl doubleheader between the Monaga Braves. We did the doubleheader earlier in the season in Monaga where the boys – for Wadena Deer Creek got the win and the Monaga girls got the win in their game. Now we're going to flip it over uh, to Wadena tonight. And Corey, we've talked about this all the time. Doubleheaders are awesome. Doubleheaders are awesome for all of the reasons we've ever talked about. And some of the other, you know, we talked yesterday about, uh, I think, performing in elementary schools or, or, or getting to play in front of elementary school students. Um, there's, there's something about being able to play in front of your fans and friends because nobody will support you more than your friends. And one of the things that's cool about small schools, I went to one, you went to one, is a lot of kids get to be involved in a lot of different things. But because of that, there is some major, major overlap on who can make it to what. So in these opportunities, when the boys get to watch the girls and the girls get to watch the boys and moms and dads don't have to split up to go see someone. It just gets to happen in one spot and all the siblings get to be there. Um, the pep band maybe gets to be what, however that works out. It's just better. It's better. The more people that are in the gym, the better it is for everybody. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a fun environment tonight at Wadena Deer Creek School uh, for that. Uh, Looking in the first matchup between the girls basketball teams uh, in Section 8AA in the Park Region Conference, where both of these teams reside, looking out for Monaga, who is 7-0 in Section 8AA play, 22-1 overall. Uh, They average 64 points a game. They average allowing 37 points. Their QRF 106 and a half Monaga having another strong season. Currently the four seed in a very loaded top part of section eight double a in the park region conference, blown away the competition with a 13 and O mark in PRC play um, coach pool. You and company have those girls rolling along uh, once again, uh, and they haven't lost a game Corey since the beginning of the season. They're on a 22 game winning streak, uh, which I can't fathom. 
As a quick aside, both of these teams in Section 8 AA, like you mentioned, this is an important matchup as, as Section plays right around the corner. Also, Perm and Pelican Rapids play tonight in Pelican Rapids uh, on the girls' basketball hey. side of things. The top two teams in their conference in the HOL and the top two teams in Section 8 AA. Interestingly, Pelican Rapids is the number one team in the HOL. Perm is number two. But the Yellow Jackets are the number one team in the section. So this is a big night in an eight double A play. You uh, uh, you get a couple upsets or, or something like that on the evening, and all of a sudden that that eight double A bracket starts to get closer. It starts to get a little dicey. Things start to get a little interesting over the final for a lot of these teams, three games of the season. I mean, uh, for Wadena Deer Creek, if you look at their schedule, they're a team that's been playing well as of late. Um, I'm trying to do quick math in my head. They've won six of their last seven games, including some wins over section teams like DGF and Crookston. They also had a close loss to Pillager that just snapped a six-game losing streak 60 to 48. So this is a Wolverine team that uh, like last year, trying to play their best basketball towards the end of the season. Very tough task in Monaga tonight. It's also the home finale for the Wadena Deer Creek girls basketball team as well. They have two more games after tonight. One is tomorrow night in Sabika. And then Tuesday they're at Frazee uh, to end their regular season campaign as well. Looking over uh, on the boys side of things in section eight, double a Wadena Deer Creek, currently is the sixth seed in Section 8 AA, and they're looking for a big section win. Currently, they're 4-2 and two and 14-7 and seven overall uh, for the Wolverines. If you look at Monaga, they're second to last in 8 AA with an 8-13 and 13 mark, 0-6 in their section. But the last time these two teams played, Corey, they went down to the wire, and Burton in for Monaga had 30 plus points, kind of put the team on his back and nearly single-handedly brought them back into the game. So no matter where these two teams are sitting in the standings, um, this game has the potential to, to be a really close one. Yep. <laughs> I'm not, that's per yeah, that's exactly right. They played really close. Uh, this it's a, Whatever. It's a part of a doubleheader. It's going to be competitive and fun in there. I have nothing to add. That's exactly right. Good job. There, there we go. For the uh, Wadena Deer Creek Wolverines and the Monaga Braves on the boys' basketball side of things, of course, uh, the Wolverines also trying to stay towards the top of the Park Region Conference. They have a 9-3 and three mark. They're trying to keep pace with Pillager uh, for second place in the in the conference this season and not too many games left on the boys side of things uh, just picking off Wadena Deer Creek schedule uh, they have Pelican Rapids Friday night at home and then they have three more games left at Sabika at DGF at Parker's Prairie so the final home games of the season for both Wadena Deer Creek boys and girls in the regular season uh, at least for the Monaga boys uh, as their schedule starts to wrap up here as well uh, they play Pillager on Tuesday, Frazee next Thursday, and then Staples Motley on Friday the 23rd and Browerville Legal Valley on Friday, March 1st. Things are uh, kind of slowly winding down on this regular season. Can't wait. That means postseason's coming. It's the best. It's here. And by the way, section wrestling, team wrestling tomorrow. 
So we got a ton of stuff going on. By the way, the reason we talk about this doubleheader between Wadena Deer Creek and Monaga is the fact that they're going to be on KWAD tonight, 101.7 FM and AM 920. You can also listen online worldwide, Corey, at WadenaRadio.com slash KWAD and click on listen to high school sports when uh, on that page. And boom, you can listen uh, on the World Wide Web as well. Uh, that's a Prestige 545 pregame. <laughs> it's a 545 pregame and a six o'clock tip off for that first game. And then we'll have basically just running coverage into the second game uh, for two full on uh, good park region conference and section eight double a basketball games. Um, one last thing uh, I want to touch on before we get into our state sports uh, is uh, something that's just kind of near and dear to me. The last NCAA football game came out in the fall of 2013. Late summer 2013, I was entering my sophomore year at Bertha Hewitt High School, and I was ready going into my junior year for the next installment of the game until it never came because uh, players weren't getting paid for their image and likeness and all that because, you know, you couldn't have their name in the college football games. But all of a sudden, like put to example, there's a pretty primetime quarterback for uh, Texas A&M. At the time, you know, Johnny Mansell or his NCAA football would like to call him QB number two. Uh, that's what everybody's they're just their numbers. But you could look and see, well, that's clearly Teddy Bridgewater for Louisville. That's clearly Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks. Every single time there's a loading screen, it has a linebacker for UCLA wearing number 11. And I'm like, that's Anthony Barr. I don't know what to tell you. Like, that is him. And players are like, we're not getting paid for that. And we should be. So EA Sports stopped making the video game under threat of legal action. And now, thanks to NIL, uh, sure, it's opened up a whole different can of worms just for everything, potentially mess up college football. But the good thing is, for me, is that I get NCAA Football 25, which is coming out this fall. They just released a trailer for it today. Basically, EA Sports pushed the release back a year, and now they're coming out and saying, nope, it's happening this summer. We're putting out NCAA Football 25. And Corey, I don't know if I should be saying this on a recording while I'm at work, but you won't see me in like two weeks for the next two weeks. Once that game comes out, I am going to play that game. Hardcore CJ. He's in the game. I'm in the game. Uh, the fun part who's about a, NCAA uh, who's, cover? who's on the cover. They haven't announced that yet. Haven't announced okay. that yet. And it's interesting to see because before the cover athlete was always a senior who already graduated. So they could accept money for their name, image, and likeness. So it'd always be like a graduated senior, somebody who's in the NFL. Now it'll be interesting if like, you know, uh, for the sake of, for the sake of the Gophers, uh, who's the running back, Chris Taylor, that really good freshman. Let's like now, theoretically, he could be on the cover or some other big time uh, Quinn Ewers, the quarterback for Texas, Arch Manning or something like that can be on the cover despite not, or despite still being in college football. That remains to be seen. Um, or if they'll just do like Caleb Williams, because theoretically, if there were still games going on and in the old way, he would have done that. Um, but like the year after LSU, like the year after LSU won, Joe Burrow would have definitely been on the cover of the game. It's or Justin Jefferson or or something like that. Right. So, uh, the, the thing I love about those games is just taking a random school. That's a mid-major or even like a non-conference school and turning them into a national powerhouse. So my team on NCAA 14, they're no longer in the FBS. They relegated themselves down to the FCS because they just wanted to be more competitive. Uh, The University of Idaho Vandals 
in Moscow, Idaho with the Kibbe Dome. That was my team. Mm -hmm. Every single time I'd pick them and I'd, you know, play with them for a couple of years, build the program up. You recruit, you know, you take it slow. And then all of a sudden you just merge yourself into the big 12 because you can do custom conferences and then boom, you have a national powerhouse in Moscow, Idaho, uh, the Akron zips, the North Texas mean green, uh, the USF bulls. There's just a, a ton of ways uh, that you could take these random schools. And then eventually you get bored with it. And then you pick being like the head coach of Alabama or something. And then you just win national titles every single year. Um, or would you, I know that you are not, uh, I know that you're not in a position in your life to spend like six hours a day playing video games, but if you could, what team would you start a dynasty with Corey? Oh, I mean, it's fun to pick. Uh, it's fun to pick like a, like a, like a directional school, like a, mm -hmm. like a directional state school. Um, you know, like a Louisiana tech or something like that. Middle Fordham, Tennessee. Yeah. Fordham would be, you know, just someone who like, do they even have football? <laughs> you know, like one <laughs> of those schools, does UConn even have football? Let's pick them. I, that like, that's a fun way to do it. Um, but this is where I am not very interesting. Like I would just pick the Gophers. I would just pick the university right. of Minnesota. Let's get after it because I want to see a, I want to see a, a big 10 championship <laughs> and that might be the only way I ever get a chance to see it. <laughs> the Gophers win the Rose bowl. Everybody's happy. PJ Fleck is jumping up Finally. and down. Corey shuts off his Xbox and goes to bed. Yep. Yep. That's uh that's how it happens. The only thing they would need to add is to be able to chop off Brett Bielema's head with the ax. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of uh, chopping down the goalpost, Brett Bielema is tied to the goalpost and they're just, it doesn't matter that down. he's, it, it doesn't matter that he's not at Wisconsin anymore. That is uh we're going to, we're going to Salem witch trial that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him back up from Champaign, Illinois and make him, that's uh, right. Make him do all that. Yeah. Uh, the funniest part of the NCAA football games, which I loved was mascot mashup. So you could just play an exhibition game, you know, where you pick two random schools, except all of the players, uh, like yes. all the same skill levels. It's all the same players, but their skins are just mascots. So they just yep. all are dressed. So my favorite is picking the Syracuse orange and watching just the big orange blobs run around the screen, the Stanford uh -huh. Cardinal Goldie Gopher uh -huh. running around there. It's the best because it's silly and ridiculous and it's awesome. So I hope they have that. I love everything about it. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll be fascinated to see who they put on the cover. It does feel like it's Caleb Williams cover because name, name someone who's a, in college football next year, name right. a player. Well, that's right the thing now. I had to pause for a second. I was like, like, there's not a, there's not like the quarterback class isn't very good. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a couple players maybe here and there, but in terms of like name recognition, everybody knows who Caleb Williams is. Right. So, uh, by the way, along those lines, and I know we'll move on, but along those lines, um, I want to have a, college men's and women's basketball conversation with you relating to that little sneak peek of a conversation about, can you name people? So we can save that one right. for tomorrow. That can be a little tease, but I know we need to move on. By the way, I hope they bring back the college basketball games. They haven't had one since 2010. It came out in the, in the fall of 2009. You want to know who the cover athlete was for that game, Corey, in the basketball one? Um, yeah, it was Adam Morrison. No, it was uh, Blake Griffin. Oh, I was, my next guess is going to be Tyler Hansborough. Ah, you know, if you would I don't have guessed, know, I, I don't, uh, I'm not good with years. I was just, those were the only two I could think of. 
Yeah, I thought you were going to go with. I thought you were going to go with Ralph Sampson the third or Al Nolan or something like that. Trevor Mbakwe, uh, but I love Trevor so much. <laughs> he coaches he like a... uh, high school down in the Twin Cities, I think. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And I can't remember who it's for, but he was, yeah, he was like a 13 year senior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just always was there. Yeah. He was older than Patino, I think, his last year. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, one last bit before we wrap up the sports desk for the day is going to be a Vikings related question. And there's a whole lot of Kirk Cousins content. We've talked about that. Uh, and there's a yep. million different directions we can go. We've already talked about the general, like, gut level feeling. Should the Vikings bring it back? Should they not? And this is the thing the Vikings, according to a recent report by Tom Pelissero, would like to extend Kirk Cousins. Now, it doesn't say price. It doesn't say whatever. It just says on a gut level, they'd like to extend Kirk Cousins. But that number might not be the number Kirk Cousins is at. And the thing is about Kirk Cousins, this is a very good offseason for him to play the market. And him and his agent are so good at leveling the field in their favor. They use all the leverage they have. They're very good at it. And there's a good chance that they get it. There's a bunch of different teams who could use his services, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, just a couple teams to name a few. You could even go in division. The Chicago Bears could use a quarterback. The Las Vegas Raiders could use a quarterback. The San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, if they really want to go, you know, you know, if they really want to mess up the league, could bring in Kirk Cousins. Like there is a whole bunch of things that could happen. So I'm throwing aside the 49ers because a lot would have to happen for that to, to take place. Is there, are the Vikings, we talk about Jefferson and Addison and Kevin O'Connell being the offensive coordinator and the good offensive line, and those things all exist. But given the salary cap situation, the way the Vikings defense is at, just need players at all three levels. Are the Vikings the best destination for Kirk Cousins, or is there a team out there that's a better fit for him? Well, it's an interesting question because we always do look at it, right, from the Vikings' perspective. We don't look at it often from the Kirk Cousins' perspective. I guess to answer it, to answer that question, I have some qualifying questions. Is this from the perspective of roster construction? Like, are are the correct pieces around him to for him to succeed? Which team gives a- Kirk Cousins the best chance to win now? Okay, so that is because because you could you could look at roster construction. You could just talk about money, which uh, he has not been shy about chasing. So right. it, it really might just come down to that. To be to be fair, but the best chance to win now is it is it the Vikings? Ooh, probably not. No, it probably. I mean, if if he plays all season, do I think the Vikings make the playoffs? I'm I. I'm sold. I've convinced myself that the Vikings make the playoffs. They don't miss out if he plays all year. Um, so if if the goal is to make it to the playoffs and then let the chips fall as they may from that point forward, yeah, I think so. But wouldn't you feel like vibes going into next season would be weird? Everything is was weird last season about the Vikings. So uh, you just kind of feel meh about them. Chicago feels really good about how their season ended. Green Bay feels even better than that. And Detroit is expecting to make a Super Bowl next year. As, right. So as far as like just, just gut level, how do you feel? 
I think probably Vikings fans feel the worst about their team than any other fan base feels about their team within the division. Right. So does that mean they can turn it around? Yeah. I mean, I think they probably can. I think they were, they were pretty close, but if there's other teams out there are better, there are other teams out there who probably have a better chance to win. It just matters. Like, do you, is Atlanta closer to a Super Bowl than the Vikings are? What's your goal? What's your goal, Kirk Cousins? Is your goal a Super Bowl? Is your goal money? The Vikings, I don't think, are farther away from a Super Bowl than Atlanta is. I think the thing with, I mean, you brought up all good points. I think the thing with the Vikings is, is that division is so much tougher to get into the playoffs because not only is the path to winning the division tough, even making, even being the second or third best team out of that division is no guarantee. The Bears are going to take Caleb Williams this year, it feels like, and they're going to have a lot of salary to build around him. And that defense was starting to get sneaky decent once they traded for Montez Sweat. So you got a, a division that a year ago is a lot different in terms of vibes, whereas the NFC South, you, that that thing's wide open for you to win. Uh, if you can, if you're the Falcons, they should have won it last year and they didn't even have a quarterback. So if you plug in Kirk Cousins, a defense that was already good in Atlanta with a defensive minded head coach, you plug in Kirk Cousins that, I mean, that's a team that all they have to do is win nine games and Kirk Cousins can win you nine games and you're into the postseason. Um, if you look at Pittsburgh, the defense is good. The structure is there. Now, Arthur Smith is your offensive coordinator and your wide receivers are head cases. That's a that's a little different. Obviously the 49ers are the golden goose, uh, Las Vegas. Um, you know, do you want to go there? But again, you have a head coach who seemed to do well and the players like him, but again, is still unproven. You have Devonte Adams there to throw to though, but you're also in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Jim Harbaugh coaching the chargers and all that kind of stuff. Sean and Payton coaching the Broncos. Don't go to the AFC West. Yeah, that's going to be the tough part. Now, could he go like to the Tennessee Titans or something? They're in a rebuild mode, so they're probably not going to do that. But there are a few different avenues, and I'm sure that there's another quarterback needy team that I'm not thinking about off the top of my head. But I think New England, if I, New England yes, exactly. Uh, that They had some pieces on that defense. Their offense is just so horrid, it's tough to judge. Kirk Cousins can bring you stability. He raises your floor. And if you're the Patriots... And that Draft I know Marvin John, Harrison and have Kirk throw to him. Right. Exactly. Uh, they have, they have some things going on there and that division, I know the bills are still there, but I mean, are you, the dolphins Miami. are there, they can hang around, but the jets are there. I mean, it depends on how you view the bills and if they're going to regress or if they're going to kind of stick around their current level, that's not a bad division either. And, you know, I don't know. My thing is, is when you add up all those teams, I feel like the Falcons, are the best if Kirk Cousins, they have salary space because they are they are not paying a quarterback. They don't really have any big-time contracts. They have the money to go sign Kirk Cousins and pay him whatever he wants. They also have the easiest path to getting into the postseason, and they have a good defense. And they have Kyle Pitts. They have Drake London. They have a couple pieces on that roster. They have, uh, what was the name of the running back they drafted, but never Johnny Smith? No, uh, Johnny Smith is running back. Who who's the running back from Texas that they drafted and they just refused to use? So th- I can't yeah. even remember his Ricky name. Williams. Yes. Cedric Benson. Yes, exactly. Those are the uh, those are the names I was thinking of. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, yes, whatever that guy's name was. Yeah, they didn't use him. John Robinson. Yeah, that's his name. If um if he goes to Atlanta, I will have to 
for the 90th year in a row, regrettably draft Kyle Pitts to my fantasy football team and watch him <laughs> dismantle my fantasy football team for another season. Yeah, Gosh, dang it. So it's not to say the Vikings can't re-sign Kirk or they shouldn't re-sign Kirk or whatever. Yeah. It's just, I think that there's a belief that plugging in Kirk Cousins, the Vikings are going to win 10 games next year. And the defense just isn't there. And I, the Vikings would have made the playoffs last year with Kirk Cousins. They would have. Absolutely. But they yep. would not have been Super Bowl contenders by any stretch because at the end of the year, that defense fell off. And I know part of it's because the offense was bad, but the defense ran out of gas. Like they just weren't that talented and Flores did a good job masking those flaws, but eventually you just can't, the little engine that could, couldn't anymore. And with that defense, mm -hmm. you had Daniil Hunter. So there's some things that they got to figure out. Plugging back in Kirk Cousins just doesn't mean that you're going to be successful again next year. Now it solves the most important position on the field, but it doesn't guarantee that all of a sudden you're going to be a 10 win team that's competing for a division and a Super Bowl. So I would say that the Vikings aren't even, if I'm Kirk Cousins' agent, this is a good play to say, look, Kirk loves you guys. He likes the, like, it'd be his third year with the same coach and play caller. Never really had that in his career. But he could also say, the Falcons are in a much better position to win right now. And they're giving us a call every single day. So if you're not willing to pay us X amount of dollars, this is the thing. If Kirk Cousins doesn't want to take that hometown discount, it makes it very tough for the Vikings to try and justify spending 40 to $45 million a year on the quarterback position when you have to re-sign Jefferson. And I know you can, but you're just hampering the rest of your roster construction. I it, It's going to depend, and I, this is going to sound like uh, I'm ragging on Cousins a little bit, but it kind of depends on what he actually thinks about himself and his understanding in the entire echelon of NFL quarterbacks. Does he think of himself as an all-time great? I mean this respectfully. Is he delusional enough that way, to which you need? You need to have that whatever it is in you that drives you to do it, to be, that, to be at that level. Does he think he is one of the all-time greats? Does he feel like he needs a Super Bowl to justify his entire career? It's a different sport, but Spencer Dinwiddie one time in the NBA said, I don't need to ring chase. I'm not LeBron James, where my entire career is justified on how many wins I have, where people are going to constantly compare me to Michael Jordan. He's like, I'm Spencer Dinwiddie. I've got kids and I've got family and I've got my kids as kids someday that I need to be able to take care of for as long as possible. So does Kirk Cousins need to justify his career with the Super Bowl or does he just want to be able to compete at the best possible level? And if he wins one, sweet. I don't mean that as a he's not good enough to win a Super Bowl. I don't mean that as a criticism of his ability. But that is, does he understand that, does he think he's Tom Brady and he just hasn't had the chance to prove it yet? Or does he think I'm Kirk Cousins and, I couldn't have asked more out of my career than I'm possibly getting those, you know, it's, it's that sort of like, it's those sorts of hypotheticals. If he thinks he needs to justify his career with a Super Bowl and be like Carl Malone and chase to the Lakers at the end of his career, then he's gone. And it'd be hard to blame him for that too. Well, I think Kirk's somewhere in the middle with that. Cause if you remember the quarterback show, he still has a spot in his house that's set aside for a Lombardi trophy 
to be in there or like some kind of thing to symbolize the Super Bowl victory. So in his mind, he thinks he's capable of doing it. I think he's self-aware enough to know he's not Tom Brady. Like he seems like a pretty self-aware guy, but the ego, you still have to have some kind of an ego. Otherwise you wouldn't be one of the top 10 quarterbacks, top 15 quarterbacks in the league, depending on where you rank him. Obviously thinks and he, he can is win one. Capable. And that's the thing. He He's yes. capable. He's yeah, absolutely and, and capable to be the do, quarterback. You telling me he couldn't have been he couldn't have been San Francisco's quarterback this season? I think in a perfect. I think if you he, give Kyle 100%. Shanahan truth serum, I think he would love to have Kirk Cousins. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we could go in circles on this, but I think the biggest thing is just when Vikings fans act like. Kirk coming back to the Vikings is the best play for Kirk. It's the best play for Kirk in terms of longevity and continuity. But in terms of winning right now in the year of our Lord, 2024, it it's not an open and shut case for the Minnesota Vikings. Correct. I totally so, agree. I don't, I don't know. This has been the morning sports desk for Thursday, February 15th. The Morning Sports Desk, available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and WadenaRadio.com.